had the opportunity to do quite a few scary things in the military, you know, things that that pushed my limits, the limits of fear that I that I did have. And one of the biggest hurdles, it wasn't the craziest, mind you, but it felt like the biggest in the moment when I hadn't really done anything at all like this or to this capacity. It was definitely the one that held me up the longest. It was my first my first big leap of faith where I said, yes, I'm doing this. I'm not talking about it. I'm not thinking about it. Let's just get it done. It's time to do it. And it was in recon school. We were told that we were going to jump out of a helicopter. We had to jump out of a helicopter with a full ruck on and rappel down this rope down to the bottom. And looking back on it, to anyone listening to this that's, that's done something like this, you know, it's a it's basic thing. It's, it's not a huge thing. But in the moment, it was a level 10 fear for me. This was a this was a big thing. It was a huge thing for me to jump into, you know, and, and at this point in, in my military career, I did, in fact, I managed to get this far without ever telling anybody or having to admit that I actually had a pretty decent fear of heights. Um, and it wasn't a paralyzing thing, but it was enough. It definitely gave me some chills and I was definitely fearful of, of doing definitely jumping out of a helicopter. And it's kind of funny because if you think about the, the chills and profession that I was trying out for, uh, probably um, should have thought that through a lot more, but but I'm happy that I didn't spend too much time thinking about what recon marines actually do. Uh, but leading up to this evolution, we knew we had to do it, and if you didn't, you got dropped. It was pretty simple. If you didn't make the jump, you got dropped. You were out of there. And so the morning of this evolution rolls around, and and we had our rucks filled up, and I remember thinking like, yeah, am I gonna do this? And as I'm watching that helicopter up above. People are jumping out of it. I'm contemplating, you know, everything that I've worked for, everything I signed up for, everything I've wanted to accomplish is on the line right here, where I either do it or I don't. And I'm watching these people. Some people jumping down, doing doing great. Some people jumping down, not so great. And it's really, it's an interesting dynamic because it's not just repelling. Repelling is, is pretty basic, pretty simple. But the moment you throw a weighted ruck on, that's a game changer. Because you you have to take the rope and hold it back behind you. That's how you control the drop speed that you have. But when you add that extra weight, the moment you drop down, your your body shifts into a different position in the air. The ruck throws everything off. And, and potentially, I mean, this could be a really big disaster for you if it's not done correctly. Uh, but I'm just, I'm just watching most people just jumping out, whether they succeed or not. I mean, they're, they're doing it. And... I remember being up in the bird. It's up in the air. I'm looking down. I remember just saying to myself, I'm doing this. I'm going to get this done. And I remember leaning up, getting back over, leaning down. And when I was told to jump, I jumped. And from that point on, I don't remember a ton of what took place. You know, everything went fine. Everything was good. Um, it went all right. But I do remember the moment that my feet touched the ground. I was ecstatic, jumping up and down, and all I could think to myself was, let's do that again, and then again, and then again. And, and from that point on, I really look forward to those those big, larger-than-life fear moments. I mean, I would run into them, much bigger things than that one right there. I would just jump into it because I loved I knew that right on the other side of that, wherever I was hesitant, was probably a big thing. And so I looked for those fear moments, the thing that would that would push my fear to the next level. And and again, I really didn't have the hesitation anymore. I just I just jumped in. And the rest of my military career was a lot of this. Seeking out 
those crazy moments just because I loved them. Not only did I love the adrenaline rush of it, but again, I knew that that on the other side of it was a really cool thing that I knew that I was going to get, but I had to break that fear moment. I had to get on the other side of it. And in his last interview, Blake mentioned the rat park experiment, which I, I definitely recommend. Go listen to it. Blake's a wealth of knowledge. Uh, I had so many ahas when I went and re-listened to it. Um, it's episode 28. Um, and, and to summarize, for context of, of where we're going in here is he mentions the, the rat park experiment. And it's an experiment done on rats where they were forced into an addiction by controlling their environment. When they were isolated, the rats would literally kill themselves inside of their need for the substance they were addicted to. And they would get so addicted that, you know, whichever day they were on, day 60, they would need X amount of it. Well, day 70, they would need more of it. Day 80, they would need more of it. And so on until they, they eventually would just kill themselves inside of their addiction. And what a lot of people know about rats that study them is they're very... They're very social creatures. And this got people wondering, you know, to have them addicted in this isolated area, what would happen if you put them in a, in a friendlier, a more social environment? And this is where the quote-unquote rat park came from, the dream paradise for rats, where they had all the activities to play in, everything that a, just a happy rat could want if they put them in there. And gave them that substance that they could potentially get abused or get addicted to. And in the rat park, it turns out, they wouldn't touch the substance. And well, some would dabble in it. Uh, it was definitely more of a, a random one-off thing, but there were no addictions. And so this really got the wheel spinning for the, the next round, the next test. They actually took an addicted rat, one that was full-on, this rat is addicted, placed them in the rat park with the same access to the substance, but they also had access to that social environment, that, that social environment that they knew the rats loved. And what they discovered was once placed in that social environment, that addicted rat would force itself to go through the pain of withdrawal in order to spend more time with all of the other social rats. And, and again, this is a short summary of a great explanation that, that Blake gives. I do encourage you to go check it out. But, but just for context, that is, in fact, the rat park. And it's so similar to us because we're also social social creatures. I would say even more so than rats. We are social creatures. And when I was listening to Blake explain this, talk about it, it got me thinking about my time in service. You know, because that that was my rat park. I mean, I think that was that was it. I was my dream paradise. I loved. It. I mean, the times were tough, but again, as Blake talked about in that episode, those tough times. Those are the best of times. Those are the ones you remember. And I know you've got those things. You've got those moments that you remember from the military that were tough, but now we secretly love them. That's how you know. That's the rat park. And then I got out of the military. And then you fast forward to today where the, you know, the days of getting paid to jump out of helicopters, those are long gone. And I'm, I'm currently fascinated with reflecting on what situations right now that I'll actually go put myself into day to day. Now, which ones am I going to put myself into and which ones do I kind of keep myself from? And I can notice as I think about it, as I've been reflecting on it since this conversation, that I don't do a lot of things I used to do in the military. For instance, um, I, I, it's been a while since I've done something that like genuinely scared me. Like where I was like, this is a scary thing. And it's just been a long time. Definitely 
not to the capacity in which I was, you know, had the opportunity to do it in my time and service. And then you know, I also think about connecting with people. Now I was in the military, we're in the barracks and the social life was, that was huge. It was everywhere. And so in my time in service, there was a ton of connection. However, when, when I look at right now, I find oftentimes I give myself a pass for not going out, for not hanging out with people, not hanging out with non-veterans. And, you know, we've all got the excuses, the ones that are just common ones that, that you hear from, from veterans, you know, well, that person doesn't get me. They don't understand me, et cetera, all of the things, but deep down in its core, I'm just not doing it at least not as much as I should. I'm not putting myself out there. And as I take a deep look into it, I really started to ask myself, am I avoiding this conversation with other people, other non-veterans out there out of fear, which made me pause. I had to stop and think about that. Am I not doing this because I'm afraid of it? Because if that's the case, then I'm really still just a scared private up in a helicopter, not making the commitment to jump. And that's when I knew I had to do something. I've got to do something different. And that's my commitment and my challenge for each one of you. Uh, my commitment is to make the jump, to make more connections with non-veterans out there. That's my commitment to you. And that's also my challenge is to consider where you're holding back from doing things like this day in and day out. Are you not connecting with other people around you? Uh, people that aren't like you, people that aren't similar to you, um, especially non-veterans. And if not, why? Why not? And then what's that costing you? What is that costing you? As if, if you're like me, if it's a fear thing deep down at its core, and only you can answer that. I remember back to that, that leap of faith. You know, think back to yours, the one you made in the military where you did that, your first oh, oh crap moment. Um, maybe this is a sign that it's time to make that leap one more time. Because if it is, then the conversation with the non-veteran you're avoiding does in fact contain your next biggest opportunity. One million veterans. Empowering one million veterans is my mission. My name is Thad David. And if you like this mission or this podcast, there's a few things you could do to help me out. And number one is just leave a five-star review and let the world know that you enjoyed this show. Number two, follow or subscribe the show wherever you're watching. And number three, share it with as many people as you think would find value in it. Now, if you have direct feedback for me, or if there's anything that I can do to personally help you out, please reach out to me directly at Victorious Veteran Project at gmail.com. I truly look forward to hearing from you. Conquer today.